On this edition of the Scott Radley Show podcast, we are talking about politics and COVID. We're talking about money. We're talking about government regulation on videos and your expression. We're talking about charity. And we're talking about Roberto Alomar and the sad story that we have learned about now and what should be done, who's doing it right, all that stuff and more coming up. Stay with us. Today on the Scott Radley Show on 900 CHML. It is Friday. On Fridays, we like to do a little thing we like to call the brightest conversation in Hamilton radio, which requires a second who raises that level of conversation beyond that which the host normally brings to make it the brightest conversation in Hamilton radio. And as we get to so often, I am thrilled that Mike Fortune, co-host of the Hamilton Network on Cable 14, is able to do that to bring up the discourse level this evening and make this indeed the brightest conversation on Hamilton Radio. How are you? Doing well, Scott. Ready to crank it up and uh, have a little fun tonight. Thanks for having me on, pal. Well, let me ask you, are you going to be celebrating tomorrow? What am I celebrating on May 1st? Tomorrow is National Garden Naked Day. Oh, oh, yes. Will will the fortunes be doing any nude gardening tomorrow? Yeah, I'll walk out in my front yard with just my gardening gloves on. Perfect. Thanks for the reminder. Maybe a, maybe a, a rake in my hand. There we go. Yeah, I'm, I'm in. Well, I'm down. I don't. I don't know if that'll work. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I heard this and I and I saw it. kudos to Annette Hom who um, was posting stuff on Twitter today. They did a segment on cable on uh, CHCH this morning on CHCH Morning Live with a very brave gentleman who was doing his hit. Oh, naturel. Now, you know, some daffodils or something were strategically um, placed, but I, 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 I certainly, I have never, have you ever, I've never partaken in any kind of outdoor nude activity. I'm sorry if that makes me prudish to the audience. Uh, I don't know. Have you ever, I don't even know that I've been since I was like probably a year old. I don't know that I've ever been outside naked. I don't know if I have. I, I have no desire to. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm. Well, I won't get into that. I, I'm sure there may have been a. How do I say this? Back in my <laughs> younger days, there may have been a party or two in which a hot tub was involved. Is that allowed? To, am I allowed to say that? Well, it depends if your wife is listening, and if no, she was there. She wasn't there. She definitely wasn't there. And no, she's not <laughs> listening. Um, we, we, I, I, you know, we, we did have a kid. Uh, you know, and it's different times. You can never do this now, but back then, and I guess I feel a little guilty now. His family, their their family vacations were going up to Number Six Highway, the Ponderosa Nudist Camp. Wow! And that... and that's what he grew up. Uh, and and you know, we we ridiculed and and made fun and did things that we weren't supposed to do. I guess looking back on it now, but that was his vacation for two weeks at Ponderosa Nudist Camp. <laughs> See, I I think it would be. <laughs> It, I would feel wildly awkward myself being outside in the backyard gardening naked. I would feel much more awkward if any of my neighbors were out there gardening naked because now you can never look them in the eye ever again. You just can't. Yeah, once, once, once that's happened, you have you have crossed the the you know the Rubicon. You just cannot go back. And yeah. next time you see them, just go, "Hey, Bob, how are you?" And you're not thinking. I know how you are. You were bent over from behind while you were pruning your begonias, and I now cannot look you square in the eye. But the worst, though, was what you said. Could you imagine if your family, if you had to go somewhere and you were playing volleyball with your mom and dad at a nudist resort? Yeah, That would scar you for life. There's a Seinfeld episode about that. There's just some muscles you don't want to see contorted and all that stuff. It's just not right, for sure. Especially if it's your family. Quick, very quick. I'll make this a very quick story. Many years ago, we took a family vacation to Jamaica. We're on the resort, and th- there was a nudist part of the beach. But of course, we had kids. We had no interest. We weren't thinking of it. There was a gathering uh, one night where we all got together, white linen, white gloves, and all that stuff. And we're sitting at this table. My wife and I and other people are coming, and they're introducing themselves to us. But they weren't introducing themselves to each other. Long story short, halfway through the evening, we realized that they were nudists, and they were trying to recruit not me. They were trying to recruit my wife. They wanted her to to to, to join them uh, the following days of the vacation. And um, 
let's just say it was a very awkward next five days trying to avoid them. <laughs> do you think Do you think at a nudist resort or within that community, the phrase long story short is ever actually used? <laughs> <laughs> that may, hey, that may be one be of those ones story. Who knows? That, you, that you just say, that's a phrase we're not going to use. I'll tell you, the closest I've ever come, this is true, the closest I've ever come was, oh, I don't know, 10, 12 years ago, there was a hurricane, I think it was Hurricane Irene, that the remnants blew through this area. And for work at The Spectator, I convinced my editor that what I should do is try to see what happens if we could recreate the scene from Caddyshack where the priest <laughs> goes out and golfs in the absolutely torrential, horrendous weather. Yep. And I called almost every area golf course to see, would you let me play in the middle of a monsoon? And one said, sure, why not? You'll be the only one out there. And I was like, okay, great. So I get out to about the seventh or eighth hole. There is not a soul to be seen, Mike. I'm in acres of empty land. And I thought the only opportunity in my play a hole of golf nude and it for for about two minutes i argued with myself back and forth and then thought do they have video cameras around of course do they like i i just i couldn't do it i couldn't do it but that was as close as i've ever come to to well not gardening nude tomorrow as i say tomorrow is national nude gardening day so break out so, break out the bulbs and start planting them no that's another phrase they probably don't use at a nudist resort <laughs> uh, if you see your neighbor out there getting a little sun, because it's supposed to be pretty nippy, um, understand what's going on. They are simply celebrating their national day. Let them do their thing, hey. but look away. Avert your gaze is yes, all I'm by saying. By all means, else... and let's hope those birds don't mistake the worms for anything else. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. You know, over the last few days, it has become, well, what has already been clear has become even more clear to me anyway. And that is, as people consider COVID and consider what's going on and where mistakes have been made and who's to blame and all that kind of stuff, COVID is no longer, in my mind, at least, I mean, it is, but it's no longer a medical thing. This is a political illness now. Because it, entirely your decision about what's going on and who is at fault and where the mistakes have been seems entirely driven now on partisan lines about if you are a liberal, it's all Ford's fault. If you're a conservative, it's all Trudeau's fault. If you're in the States, Republican, Democrat, whoever's fault. This is no longer a medical issue. This is entirely a political fight now. Yeah, it, It's fascinating, isn't it, Scott, how easily... You can for, you forget what the, the fight for the common good is, and you can start to point fingers when there's dollars involved, when there's elections coming up. Um, you, you know, I, I've been fortunate enough to interview MPs and MPPs throughout all this, and they're all going to back their own colors, and I get that. And, and what's really unfortunate was at the beginning of all of this, Scott, everything was put aside, and it was, it was actually kind of nice for a change. But you knew, you knew over time that it was going to get back to what politics is all about, which is pointing fingers, you know, having solutions in place that you know will never probably get the light of day because you're not in power, and it's all about spending, spending, spending. You know, there's budgets. It's it, it's very unfortunate that the, the claws are out, and um, there, there's a lot of this going on right now because... The, the communication for people out there is so confusing for others, and you can't have the conversation. I, I'm, you know, I have. I'm very careful to have this conversation about with Scott because I don't want to get into a he said, she said scenario. It's look, I have my thoughts and my opinions. You have yours, and, and you you have to be really careful who you talk to. I find because it can. It's a very hot topic. It's sensitive, and I get it because of so many deaths. Yes, but the death, see, Mike, the, the thing with the deaths is uh, what I, when you hear conversations now, and I think you're right, when you hear conversations now, you rarely hear people saying, I'm so saddened by the deaths, and that's where the conversation stops or continues with just your sympathy for the, I'm so sad for the deaths, and if only so-and-so had done this, we wouldn't have had this, is where the conversation inevitably seems to go right away. The, it, we have reached the point, and I think we've reached it for a long time, but it just becomes so clear now. We've reached the point where this whole thing is just about slamming whichever is the other side. And look, I think every person listening, if they are being fair and being honest with themselves, 
would understand that every politician involved in this has done some things right, and every politician in this has done some things wrong. But we are now blocking out the wrong things that our guy or girl has done, and we're only accentuating the correct things that our girl or guy has done. And and the other side is evil and is is responsible for thousands of people dying, and our person is Mother Teresa, and without them, the whole world would be dead. And I agree with you, Scott, you know, and and in the beginning, you know, there was no playbook. Okay, well, a playbook is being written, but like any playbook, you're going to have you're going to have hurdles. You're going to have additional obstacles. You're going to have things that we are still unaware of with with variants and mutations of the variants and, and how things are affecting individuals and businesses. Look, I know we understand a lot of it, but there's still so much we don't know as much as we want to pat ourselves on the back. And as much as we think we can do better, you know what? I challenge anyone to put themselves in an MP, an MPPs, the premiers, the prime ministers, or even a councillor's shoes, because it's not as easy as you think it is. And it drives me nuts watching social media and hearing people on talk shows who all have their opinions and how they would do it differently and what government should do when you truly don't know what goes on behind the scenes what the numbers are, what the budgets are, and, and it, it, it literally drives me up the wall. Because if you're, if you're so great, if you have all the answers, Mr. or Mrs. whoever, then you know what? Put your name on the ballot next time. Get elected. Let's see how you handle it. And be Mike, I don't, object. Backlash. I don't object to people criticizing politicians for mistakes they've made where big mistakes have been made. I, you know, that's part of political life. You've got yeah. to be a, you know, an adult to be in that and understand what's coming. I, not entirely as far as don't just exclusively, but I understand and I'm okay with politicians being criticized that some of the things they've done deserve criticism. Agreed. The problem I have with this is that we have blinded ourselves on partisan lines that we cannot see that people of all political stripes have screwed up and people of all political stripes have made good moves. And we now are pointing exclusively and saying so-and-so is exclusively wrong. If they were not in power, this would never have happened. And to me, that achieves nothing. And all that does, and you've pointed to it, all that does is create a situation where you can't talk with your neighbor now because you're not really sure where they stand. And so now we're on such pins and needles that we can't even have an adult conversation. And if they say, hey, you know what? I think there's been some mistakes. You go, yeah, you know what? This is wrong. This is wrong. But this was right. This right. We're incapable of doing that now. We're so yeah. locked in our partisan side, which we're incapable of doing it. And and I get a chuckle as well, Scott. You know, you, you, fingers are being pointed to, to government's people who were in power two three terms ago it's like come on like like really like you know again there's no perfect solution we if if, if everything was easy it would be a very very boring world that we live in and i get we're all very bored right now with isolation and and stay-at-home orders and all that stuff but if we just if we just learn to ease up a little bit on some of this stuff that you know again I don't get into the rants and the raves. I'm pretty low-key about all this, and, and that's how I try to portray it to, to my kids as well. Just, look, everyone's going to have their opinion. And, and you know, just just try to weather out the storm. It doesn't mean you can't be critical of politicians. That's not what I'm saying, and we're going to talk about politicians next and be a little critical. It's just open your eyes to be available to see both sides of this is all I'm suggesting. You can still have your political view, just it's not exactly black and white all the time every single time you're listening to the scott radley show podcast on 900 chml there's been a lot of discussion over the last few days um from a lot of different corners and you know we were just talking about partisan politics uh, not all partisan in this case the current government in ottawa getting criticized heavily for its new broadcasting regulation bill that is intended theoretically, supposedly to be able to regulate the big carriers, the Netflixes and the broadcast networks and everything else, but has removed the clause that would have protected people from their uploaded YouTube or TikTok or Facebook videos or whatever else. So that theoretically, the government can now consider you a broadcaster and regulate you the same way. Peter Menzies, who was the former vice chair of the CRTC, which would be overseeing this. He had this to say, here's a quote from him. 
It's your Facebook post. It's your tweet. It's your cat videos. It's your pictures of your children and grandchildren and that sort of stuff. What it means is that somebody will be watching that from the government or a government regulator and will be able to order it taken down if they find that it doesn't suit whatever purposes they have. And Mike, I just, I, I look at this and I think to myself, why would any government in a country that is built on democracy and wants its citizens to be as free as possible. We, we know there are rules. We know there are controls and laws. But if we want people to be as free as possible, why would you not include the phrase or the whatever that allows, that, that excludes this kind of stuff? Because this seems like it is government overreach of the worst kind of order. I, yes, it certainly does come across that way, you know, but I, I think we live in a world now where, you know, we've lived in it for a while where there's Big Brother out there. And I'm, I'm fairly certain they're not too concerned about, you know, you running around with your dog or playing with your cat on your on your chaise lounge while you're watching a hockey game or something. Those aren't the videos they're concerned about. They're concerned about the videos, I think, that um, are talking about hate, um, promoting promoting, um, you know, Taliban or, or those types of lifestyles and, and bringing people in, um, any, anything towards uh, uh, injuring or, or hurting individuals or kids. I, I think that's where the focus needs to be on. I don't know how detailed it was. It does. It sounds like it was more but of that we already statement. Here's the problem, Mike. We already have laws that cover that. So if you post something, a child porn video, or if you post a hate video or something, we have laws in place that already address that. And what a lot of the people are saying here is this is just giving governments a, an extra arm, whether it's now or 10 years from now, that if you start posting stuff that they decide is not acceptable, whoever they are, they can order you take it out. It seems like a use the laws we have to get rid of the stuff you're talking about. I agree well, with it, you. Use that it, stuff to get rid of the, the laws. Use the laws we have to get rid of that stuff, but don't overreach. But but how 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 well has that been working? Maybe you got to add that other layer. And 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 my response is like I'm not a big I, I don't I put very little next to nothing out there. If you don't feel comfortable, if you think it's going to get yanked, guess what? Just don't put it up. Like w w what's the big deal? I, I I lived my I've lived 46 years, Scott, without putting up tons of videos and pictures. I know they're not coming after me. So if what you're putting out there might have an inkling of it's going to get yanked down, then, then why are you putting it out? What's All right, the message so that you want to to send. Let me give you an example of something. And now I am, uh, for the record, I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I, I intend to get my vaccine if I can ever get an appointment. Uh, but if you were someone who really was in, not in favor of vaccines and you believe that you had done research and you wanted to tell people about why you're concerned about these vaccines and you post a video to that end, under this, the government could say you're dispensing dangerous information and therefore you should not be allowed to say that. Now, I, 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 to me, I would think, you know what, I don't have to follow that. I don't have to listen to their advice. But to me, you should be allowed to have that kind of freedom to say that stuff. Not to say, go and burn down a mosque. You should not be able to say that. Not to say, go and, but, but for just different points of view that someone will say, well, that shouldn't be allowed. No, that, that, you, we can't start letting the government get that far in. Well, they're, they're, it, listen, it, it definitely is a slippery slope. And, and where does it start? And to your point, who is the day and, and what is the line? But let's look at how people got their information out before social media. What, what, what did they do? You know, maybe you got to go a little old school. So, you know what? Hold a peaceful rally. Take an ad out in a paper. I, I don't know. Get on your local talk show and, and talk about your thoughts and your opinions. Um, maybe that's another route you have to go. Uh, well, okay, let's go old school. I mean, if, if governments had had their way back in the day, things like the Pentagon Papers or the Watergate stuff never would have got out. And it was, you know, thankfully we had newspapers at the time that put those things out and that did the work. Today, some of that stuff might have come through people investigating and stuff going online. And you now have a government that says those are now classified documents. You can't put those up. Those, those were important pieces of information for people to make decisions on things. Again, Mike, my point is just we don't want, we want the government to use the laws. There are, the laws for child porn and hurting people and stuff, those and hate, those exist. Use those. Don't, don't start, because he, we talked about this earlier this week on the show, and I believe this wholeheartedly. Governments, as they get more power, don't 
cede that power back to the people. They never give the power back. They only expand the power they have and flex their muscles more. And I'm not talking about that we're going to turn into, you know, the Soviet Union, not yet, not anytime soon, but you don't want to give governments more and more and more power they don't need. Scott, the government already has so much power over us by us carrying around our phones and all the all, all the artificial intelligence that's in there. They, they can pick up whatever they want, whenever they want with satellites. So, you, you know, I, I don't I don't buy that because they can already get whatever they want. They, they know they know where I am. If they wanted to look at Mike Fortune's phone right now, they'd be able to know where where I am and what I'm doing. So, re- yeah, I, well, maybe, maybe. I, I just as we got to run. I, I just I hate the idea of just relenting and giving more and more power without pushing back a little bit on this stuff and saying it's unnecessary. Use the laws you have. Don't stretch your bounds more into our life. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. Mike, one of the things that was in the federal budget week or so ago, week and a half now ago, was a tax, an increased tax on luxury items. So if you want to buy, if if the fortunes decide that this is the summer, you need to buy your second yacht, for example, (laughs) or your third Learjet, or if perhaps if Mrs. Fortune decides this is the year I need you to upgrade my eight carat diamond ring to a 12 carat diamond ring because I've gained strength in my hand again to hold it, you will be paying extra. These things happen, you know, for the very rich. But the point that someone raised this week that I read about is the amount of money that this is really going to raise to bring extra taxes into the federal coffers is very, I mean, on the grand scale, it's almost negligible. There's almost nothing. I mean, compared to the hundred and whatever fifty billion dollars of deficit that we're going to have, it's basically nothing. So, is something like this a good thing? Because you know, it's just good to remind rich people that you got to pay extra taxes. Or is this only to make everyone who's not rich somehow feel better that rich people are paying more? Because it's not really having any impact. Yeah, if it's not making, it, I didn't hear the interview. I apologize. Um, I agree with the latter. You, you know, the, uh, for some reason, there seems to be this jealousy or this rage towards, uh, maybe rage is too strong, but towards individuals who have so much money. You know, and what's the percent of the population? One percent, maybe two. Okay, well, you know what? They've worked hard. They've had some luck. They have been in a position where that you know they've utilized their minds and their skill sets, and, and things have happened and worked out in their favor. You know, to 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 take more to take money away from them and then where is this money actually going to go if it's so little you know i don't know why you'd want to again it just sounds like a media spin that the government wants to push off to to make them look good again we're going into an election look what we did we taxed the rich again um because you know you're going to get more vote, votes from from the less people like you and i us minions as opposed to the 1% ultra wealthy people well, it appears to me that, and again, I mean, there are people who are probably saying, no, no, this is important and they should have taxed them more. Well, okay, if if you were the liberals or whoever was in power at the time, it happens to be the liberals now, and you decided this was important and you wanted to really go after your wealthy friends more, fine. But to me, it just seems like it's for appearances. It's just to, it, it's for show. It's to send a symbol or to create a symbol of something and Here's the problem I have with this, Mike, is that for a year now, some of us, including myself, and I'm not, I'm not alone. A lot of other people have said this. I've argued that politicians should take a voluntary pay cut during COVID because we're spending so much money, so much deficit, so much debt, and so many people are hurting that it would be symbolically positive for politicians to take a pay cut to show as a symbol that we understand that we're doing something. And every time this comes up, politicians say, come on, that's not going to, it's not going to make any difference. It's such a little amount of money that we'd be putting back in the coffers. It's silly. It's just symbolic. Well, if it's just symbolic and it's, but it's not good for you to do it. Why is just symbolic good when you're just doing it to show you're going after the rich people? If symbols are good, do it all over the place. Yeah, but if, if, if symbols are good, like, is it actually fixing the situation? Is it actually solving it? You know, I, I I know we've had this discussion before, Scotty. 
you know, I see where you're coming from, but I, I don't think we need to penalize those who are in power by saying, you know, dock a payoff because it's going to look good for everybody else. People will just be happy if you if if you just work together and get the problems or the issues in your neighborhood, in your municipality, in your province fixed. That, that that's all at the end of the day we want. I don't care about symbols because y- you taking a week off of your sal of your salary. That's not going to make me feel any better. Get the problem fixed. But that's all we're asking for, I think, here. But a lot of people seem to like symbols as long as they're not symbols that affect them, right? If the symbol, if if the if doing this thing, this appearance, this act of whatever is going to look like it's affecting someone else, we seem to really love that. But if it's now, if I have to be the one to sacrifice something to fulfill this symbol-making gesture, well, now, come on, that's just stupid. It's just a symbol. And again, I like I look. I I don't see. There's almost no money that is apparently, according to budgeters, there's almost no money that's going to come into the federal coffers from this richness by luxury items tax. It's just to feel better, and that's fine. But then I think there's a lot. If we're going to say that's a valuable thing to show that we are doing something, I think there's a lot of other symbols. Then we should also be willing to do. And if we're not, then don't. I couldn't care less if, if, if you're going to charge the, the rich more tax or less tax. Because at the end of the day, I know I won't be able to afford it. So do what you want. I, it, it, it truly doesn't bother me. I can't get high about this. I can't get low about this. Because at the end of the day, you know, you can get loans. You, you can get nice stuff if you want. You just have to be able to afford to pay it back. So, you, you know, whether you have the money, you're going to get a loan to get it. You know, it's... it's I, 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 again, I, I can't, I can't wrap my head around why this would be beneficial to anybody. I truly don't. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. This is a long-standing question that I've had—a real tormenting issue for me. Hello. If you're a person or a company, yeah, we'll say person or company. It could be individual or it could be corporate. Who does something? Oh, we just lost Mike. All right, we'll we'll get Mike back and we'll um we'll continue with this. My question is going to be this, and you at home can start thinking about this one, and I'll I'll raise it with Mike when he gets back. If you are an individual or a company who does something good, does something nice, does something charitable, should you be broadcasting that, or should you just do it and do it quietly because it's the right thing to do? And leave it at that. All right, Mike. Mike is back. I'm, I'm we here. Got Mike pal. back. All right. Technology. All right. You got to love it, eh? Well, here's my question on that technology. I'm asking if you are a person or a corporation who does something charitable, does something nice, donates some money, donates time, whatever it is, you do something that's really a kind thing. Should you let people know that on Twitter or social media or whatever else, because, hey, that might encourage other people to do the same thing. Or if you're a company, that might show that we are a good corporate citizen. Or should you do your good works in quiet, without telling everybody, without bragging, and just, you know, we're doing it because it's the right thing to do and not because it's going to get us any attention? Well, you're not going to like my sitting on the fence answer here. I believe it comes down to the individual who is making the decision to to donate that money. I have been in positions, Scott, where I have seen people that have donated lots of money and they feel, you know what, they they want everyone to know about it. And kudos to them. I have also been on the other side of the fence where people have made large donations, done a lot, and they want to keep it really low-key because they don't want to be in the limelight. So I truly believe, Scott, to each his own, whether it be money, whether it be Heck, get, getting vaccinations. There's people out there, you know, everyone's getting selfies with vaccinations. I think there's also a large majority of people out there that don't want to put photos up that they're getting vaccinations. Um, it all comes down to the individual and how they are wired. See, call me more cynical or skeptical than you, but when people or companies put up these photos, they do something nice, and then immediately there is a press release or immediately there is a photo on social media or whatever else, my cynical, skeptical side says, you didn't do this because you really want to help. You're doing this to look good. I I am way more impressed with the people that we find out way later, long after they're gone, that they donated all this money or did whatever they did 
I, I just, I, I've, I've gotten to the point where, you know, I'm assuming maybe wrongly that most companies do charitable things and I don't need you to be boasting to me or sending a press release out every time you do something good. That should be an assumption that you're going to do that. I, 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 I listen, I, I don't disagree with that. And again, it comes down to, you know, you, you want clicks, you want your social media, and this is the way that they're going to get their name out there. But you, you really start to become lost in what is going on out there. So again, you are going to, it, it, it depends on if, if it's a privately owned business, perhaps, or if it's a big corporation. Um, it depends if you are an individual citizen on what you want or don't want to be out there. And again, I will stick to the line of whatever you feel comfortable doing. Personally, Scott, I'm not a showboat. I like to keep as much to myself as possible. I'm a very private individual, and I would be going the route that you would prefer where you know, when I'm dead and gone, six feet under, they'll be able to say, Mike did this, Mike did that. So that's how I roll, though. And, and not to be, you know, critical of people who are giving stuff, because I applaud them, but is it is it charity if what you're doing is to get positive attention and thanks and appreciation and glory and whatever for yourself? I don't know if it's charity then. And, and I don't and know look, if it still I, is charity. If I can put another small little advertising. spin on this a little spin on this when it comes to financial donations, let's face it, there's a pretty nice tax receipt coming your way. Let's face it, right? There, there is a financial um, kickback for you at some point when you have to do your taxes and you've donated a million, five million dollars, a hundred thousand dollars for that matter. You know, there, there's something that you're going to get in return. Well, and if you want, I mean, look, if you're a giant corporation, you're going to, you may have shareholders, you're going to, they're going to find out but that's a private, you know, they're part owners. So that's for them. I, as I say, to me, it just seems so many companies now, something happens, they immediately do this. Immediately there's a press release crafted. And to me, that's no longer about charity. That's about advertising. I could put my, I could buy an ad and tell people we're great, or I could spend the same money, tell people I'm being really charitable, but then use the money, or use a press release to make it almost like an ad. And it's no different. I, I, I've, I've, I've become fatigued by it, honestly. And, and I've become disillusioned by it because it seems like a, not a lot. I don't want to, I don't want to broad strokes this thing, but often you question now whether this is really being done a lot of the time for genuine reasons or just to look good to the public. I would like to believe that for the majority, they are doing it for genuine good reasons. I, I, I truly do believe that there is that, in our society still, and in our heart of hearts, there is that giving back. There's no doubt about it. But it sounds like you and I may have just upset a lot of businesses and corporations and charities. <laughs> I, I want them to still, no, I want them to still do the donations. I mean, t today I was in a store, I had to go and get something and they asked me, you know, do you want to give a, you know, you're at the, at the checkout counter, that kind of stuff. Sure. I love that they do that. I love that they do that still. And I love that, you know, there are opportunities and I hope companies will still do it. I would just love for companies to be a little less. So then with that said, if I, if I may play devil's advocate, um, you, you, you round up to the nearest dollar for the charity, whatever yeah. the charity of yeah. choice is, I get that. If at the end of the campaign, would you not like to see a piece of advertising saying, Hey, thanks to everyone who contributed for the XYZ Foundation. We raised X amount of dollars. We truly appreciate your support. Okay, we raised X amount of dollars. We got to run. That is different than we gave a donation of. Okay, fair right? enough. Yeah. And, and I don't want to in any way discourage, not that they're going to be listening to me about this, but I mean, I don't want to discourage companies from doing nice things and good things. Just, you know, it's okay to do it, I think, in quiet and just to do it because, and if someone says, you know what, your company, we haven't heard that you've given anything to charity. You say, you know what we have, but we don't broadcast it and leave it at that. And you know what, if they don't believe you, they don't believe you. You're listening to the Scott Radley show podcast on 900 CHML. Very sad day today. And I'm saying that with no irony or anything else, a very sad day today. We learned just I don't know, about four o'clock today or so that Major League Baseball has placed Roberto Alomar, Blue Jays, all-time great, probably the greatest player in Blue Jays history. Roberto Alomar has been placed on its ineligible list. He has, for all intents and purposes, been banned from baseball 
after Major League Baseball looked into an allegation of sexual misconduct against him. And now the Blue Jays say he they've cut ties with him. He is no longer affiliated with the team. Beyond that, and he was also, by the way, working for Major League Baseball, uh, helping to grow the game in Puerto Rico. That's done. He has now been cut off from that. And Mike, further, the Blue Jays are saying they will be taking down the banner, honoring him as a member of the Hall of Fame from Roger Center and removing his name from the level of distinction. So here's my question to you. I, I, based on the fact that I'm, I, I, Major League Baseball says they hired an independent lawyer to look into this and have done a thorough investigation, I will accept that. And because that person doing the investigation has said that they determined that he did what was alleged, my issue with him not working with Major League Baseball, not being involved with Major League Baseball, not being affiliated with the Blue Jays, no problem with that at all. No problem with that. That seems to be the exact right thing that these organizations should do. In fact, the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame says now he's not welcome there. I get that. My question is, regardless of this and regardless of his bad behavior, which, by the way, happened long after he was retired, should his name be taken down off the level of honor? Or is that for what you did during your career and that should have nothing to do with this. Well, so it's interesting. You know, I, I've had a few hours to think about this. I've had some conversations. Um, you know, both the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame and the uh, Cooperstown have have both agreed with everything that's been done. However, they are they will continue to keep uh, Roberto's plaque up and keep him enshrined, from what I understand. Um, the Blue Jays, I they, they, look. They're a privately run company. You know, they have they have to look at diversity. They have to look at abuse towards women, individuals, and as a as a as as the big train that that runs and operates the Toronto Blue Jays. It, this also, let's be fair. This was not a knee jerk reaction. I think they knew about this. I would assume they would have known about this for a while. They were just waiting for the release, and this is the decision that they had made a while ago. And in regards to, this is a big discussion. You know, look at all the names that are in the Hall of Fame who have had incidents that have been very public. Yet there they are. The Blue Jays, though, have the decision as a privately run company to say, we're going to add it. We're going to take it down. We, this is the decision we've made. So I think the blue Jays and Rogers has made the right decision here. Once again, I, I, I don't want to be unclear on this because, you know, heaven knows these days you can get misinterpreted. And then people say, you're saying something you didn't. Mm-hmm. I have no objection to the blue Jays saying he's not working with us anymore because of this and major league baseball saying he's out and going forward, that there be no ties it just seems to me a little, I, I'm not sure, the, the level of excellences for what you did on the field for your career here, and to take that down, here's the problem I have with it, Mike. If you're saying we can no longer associate ourselves in any way with what Roberto Alomar was or is, is for sure, I think that's totally fair, but was, where then do you not have to go further than that? If you're saying that that level of excellence was for his career on the field and what he was in the past when he was a player, we no longer feel that we can be part of that. Yeah, but what about then all the stuff that he did on the field that helped you? Do you then have to, and I'm not being silly here, do you then have to turn in your World Series championships because the guy that you're now saying, we can't allow him to be part of our organization. He basically helped you win two World Series. So do you now dis, dis, do you now distance yourself from those because a guy who's now seen as a bad guy who is a bad guy I guess from what we're hearing well, we don't know the details but w- no. how far does this go because this is this is where it gets really tricky it's the past and it's the present and the future look b- baseball is a team sport so yes he, he had some he had some significant moments but it's a 162 game series plus playoffs plus World Series so. You know, first off, he didn't win the World Series. The Toronto Blue Jays as a unit 
won the World Series. So I don't. Think but if he, he doesn't be... hit that, but if he doesn't hit that home run against Dennis Eckersley in the ALCS, they don't get a chance to play for a World Series. But, so but how do we it, know he's, he's the intri- guy on deck? How do we not know the guy on on deck wasn't going to go pop one out or do something? Like we we don't know. We, we we so I don't want to split hairs with that because it's a team sport. I believe. In regards to you, you are a you are a, an athlete. You are you, you as much as you don't want to be in the limelight. You are in the limelight. Some people love it. Some people don't. People have looked up to Roberto Alomar. People look up to athletes in general. You yep. have to know that. And we are now in a much different day and age, rightfully so, where individuals whose past mistakes potentially will catch up to them. And you now have to basically face the criticism. So it, this should really be a lesson to all individuals. I don't care if you're an athlete, politician, just a regular Joe. Just watch watch what you're doing. Be, be smart. Be well, no smart one's arguing that. So you don't Mike, no one's arguing that. Position. No one would argue that. And I think anyone who doesn't get that message is being intentionally obtuse now. I mean, how many lessons and how many examples from the world of entertainment or sports or whatever do we need to have? I, absolutely, you're right on that one. My question is simply... Does behavior that happened now or within a few years past, it certainly has impacts and and bearing on going forward on today and the future about what you can do, but should it obliterate everything you've ever done? That's my issue. And if, and you're right. If that's the case, Ty Cobb should absolutely not be in the baseball hall of fame. There's a lot of people who might be in halls of fame that then should not be there based on certain things or you know the blue jays did not say today interestingly that his number that is retired is being unretired but certainly that would have to be the case wouldn't it they would have to unretire number if you're saying he doesn't exist and he basically didn't his value and his time on our team were not doing anything to show that he was here you have to unretire his number you would think that's a discussion they're possibly having behind the scenes. You unretire the number, but then would, would would you put it back into the into the queue and let another ball player wear it? And not because of Roberto Alomar and his Hall of Fame status, but does someone on the Blue Jays want to wear number twelve based on what it represents to what Alomar did off the field now? Like, I, you know, again, I I don't want to sound like, because we don't know the details of this. I, and again, we're going by the Major League Baseball saying they've done this exhaustive investigation and I'm giving them absolutely the full benefit. I'm not, I'm not disputing what they found here and I'm not defending Alomar's behavior. I don't want anyone to think we're defending this kind of behavior. It's a question of if you're saying that what he did for us or what he did before can no longer exist then that you, you are, you are, that is a, that is a tricky can of worms that you're entering into an opening. If you're saying that what someone does today by that, I mean, look, the, the classic example of this, I would think would have to be OJ Simpson, wouldn't it? I mean, he would be the all time classic example. What about Bill Cosby? Bill Cosby. That's a good one too. Now, you know, interest that's okay. There's a good example. There's a good example because I think most of the streaming services, you're correct, have gotten rid of the Bill Cosby show, but like you can't find it now online is what I'm saying. However, I don't believe that at any point along the way, someone can correct me if I'm wrong, that the cause that the Emmys, for example, demanded that Bill Cosby turn in the Emmy awards that he won. That was before he won those fair and square before. Now it sounds like this, his behavior went back even into that time maybe i don't know but no one has said that time has to be obliterated we may not celebrate it anymore you may not be in the party anymore you may not be able to be visible anymore but what you did then still stands yeah but they haven't taken away his emmys but but you're not taking away roberto's trophy you're not taking away his ring you're simply taking away not simply you're taking away the banners that when you walk into that rogers center and hopefully we get to do it in a year or so that's one of the first things you see. And and do you want those conversations to be had in your ballpark? Do you want to have those difficult discussions with your with your, your young child who you're trying to introduce the game to and they say, Hey, who's number twelve there? Who who's that Robbie Alomar guy? Those are tough to, those are tough conversations to have. It is I think they're needed to be had, but you need to have them at a ballpark when you're reminded by the guy's number up there all the time. Celebrate the World Series banners. Talk about Carter's home run and him catching the final out and, and what Ed Sprague did and all that stuff. 
But now we have to just shift it in regards to here's how we have to talk about Roberto Alomar based on what he did off the field, because that's how the topic will now have to change. And that's a great point. I mean, that, that I, I say that is an absolutely great point. Do you want when you go to the ballpark and you're supposed to be taking your mind off of life, do you want to be having to have discussions with people about sexual misconduct? And I think you, that on that point, I, I absolutely you're correct on that point. That said, Mike, we certainly now live in a time when the argument that, well, if you go to a ballpark or to an arena or to a stadium, that we want to take our mind off the, the, the stuff that bogs us down in our daily life, we want to escape. Well, considering all the politics that athletes are now involved in and political demonstrations and, you know, all kind, you can't really do that anyway. So, so those places are no longer the escape that once upon a time they might have been. Yes, but athletes attending rallies and, and fighting for, for, for justice and all that is one thing. Athletes going out and, 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 and sexually assaulting a woman is completely different. There's no you question know, about that. I, I'm, just, no, I'm, simply, I'm saying that if you're going to say the banner would create a discussion that takes away from the escape that a stadium provides, which I think is a fair point, I would say there are other things that also, the, the, the stadium is no longer the escape it once was. So that that's, you know, that is a part of it. Um, but the thing I don't is know. With, I, with Alomar, it's, it, it's so, it was so in your face. You know, you, you have a guy who, who has some thought, and I love that athletes have their opinions and they're being more outspoken, but if you have a guy on the field who, who's got some opinions, but he's hitting a home run or he's making a great play, that's... That that's the now for me, and I don't worry about that as much as this is just being shown to me, and and this is going to be a tough decision I'm going to have to have with my discussion with my son or daughter potentially. I don't know if I made sense there, not probably. No, no. And here here's the one other issue, and we only have a minute or two left here, and yeah. it's a really complicated issue. It really is, and I would love for anyone who's got a thought on this. I'd love for Radley at nine hundred chml dot com. I would love to hear from you. Baseball now also, so baseball has taken the strongest of stances here. And again, I have zero objection to their stance going forward. But baseball also has had athletes who have been convicted of spousal abuse and other terrible things who don't get a lifetime ban. Active athletes who don't get a lifetime ban. And to me, consistency would say that, you know what, if we're going to ban Roberto Alomar for life now from baseball, from being involved for this, Again, no problem. People who then do this kind of thing who are active players should face an equal ban. Why would it be, why would your, 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 the fact that you are of a certain age and you're still at your level, you're still at your time of participation, get you a lighter suspension? To me, it should be a, a stiffer suspension. Whole nother can of worms there. And yeah, you know, you bring up uh, Roldis Chapman, you, you think, think about Roberto Osuna, and then you're going to have the people that say, well, everyone deserves a second chance. Everyone deserves that clean slate send them off to another team and let's see what they can do because they are so young. Again, we, we don't know all the details in we those don't. two examples. and We don't know what happened with Roberto's. So at, at the end of the day, I, I think we have to put our faith in the investigation that took place. But when it comes to individual teams that are publicly owned or privately owned, those individuals or groups that own those teams have a right to, to their city and to their fans to stand up and say, this is the stance we are taking. We are going to clear out. We're, we're going to remember the past, but in regards to uh, as what we did as a team, but in regards to individual accomplishments, we don't believe in what he did. So guess what? We're moving on, and we are just so. And I have no problem with that. I truly don't. Yeah, it's going to be interesting because it, it, you know there are going to be opportunities and times going forward when there are new celebrations because of anniversaries of the Blue Jays World Series or this or that or the other. And he it'll be, be really invited. interesting. No, he won't be invited. That is for sure. But how far do they take it? Does, Listen, does I, any I know you gotta go. evidence very, of him I, on, I know does any evidence go. of him on video get eliminated? I don't know. Do you not mention his name even? Do you scratch it off the roster? I don't know. I don't know what I, they do. I have, I have a Robbie Alomar uh, Cooperstown jersey. Like now I'm like, am I allowed to wear that now? You, like that's something I thought of right away. It's like, is it? I guess it just sits in the closet now. 
you're you're allowed to wear it. I don't know if it would be advisable to wear it. I mean, you're free to wear it, but you're going to get people who are going to be giving you grief. And I think it might be a very bad bit of judgment to wear it. And I agree. And that's gone through my head. So I now know I have a, you know, $90 jersey that's just going to sit there forever. (laughs) Yeah, you know, it, it's like, to, to me, it's just, it's very sad, but it's also, it, it's very complicated. Mm-hmm. It's very complicated because right. as we go to, uh, uh, here, your point that, you know, a banner is a reminder of an other honor because he's still in the Hall of Fame. He's still in Cooperstown. They're not removing him from Cooperstown, which I, again, find sort of, well, baseball doesn't, Major League Baseball doesn't run Cooperstown, so they can't. That would have to be a separate decision. But the wall of honor, or the level of distinction or level of excellence, level of excellence. Thank you. I got to it about the ninth try to get to that. The level of excellence is its own honor. So you are taking something. You're not just taking away a reminder. You are extracting something you had given to him. The retired number, if they do that, would be something you're taking away. Boy, these are tough questions because it essentially what this comes to, and we've touched on this a couple times, is if you do something today, as an athlete, as an actor or whatever, does that eliminate everything that you have done or achieved prior to that time? It certainly would eliminate you from jobs going forward and honors and awards and public life going forward. But should that, could that, does that, will that exclude you from everything that happened before? That's a tougher question. The memories and the highlights are always going to be there, Scott. I know we got to go, but in regards to a publicly, uh, funded or publicly run company with shareholders and, and a huge massive workforce with diversity and, and equal uh, equality, this was the decision that they had to make to send a clear message across Canada to Blue Jays fans and to their company, we will not stand for this. That is Mike Fortune. You can see him Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday on the Hamilton Network on Cable 14. We always love having you on. Thanks for doing this tonight. Always a pleasure, Scotty. Take care to you and the family, okay, my man? You too. Enjoy that naked gardening tomorrow. Keep the rake in place. I got my rake and hoe right with me. The Scott Radley Show. Weekday evenings from 6 to 8 on 900 CHML. The Scott Radley Show podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Scott Radley. Thanks again for listening, and do not forget to subscribe to this podcast. It is free. You will never miss an episode And also, be sure you rate us and review us. Whatever you think of us, we'll take it. Thanks for listening.